I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 6, and we're going to read a couple of verses of Scripture, beginning of verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. Saying, Surely, surely, everybody say, Surely, blessing. I will bless and multiplying. I will multiply. The Lord will help me for the next few minutes and I believe he will. I want to preach what I feel so strongly in my spirit tonight. This simple thought, apostolic arithmetic, apostolic arithmetic. Amen. If you would be so kind to set your Bibles aside, your phone, whatever you're using, put it down and lift up both of your hands right now. And I want you to pray with me right now that God would open our hearts and open our spirits and that the word of God would have free course in this assembly. Father, we thank you for all that we have felt. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do in our lives. Thank you, God, for what you're about to speak and do our spirits. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that we feel in this sanctuary already. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I have a deep burning passion that I'm sure would be shared by many in this audience tonight and on this platform. I do want to be apostolic. I want to be apostolic. I don't say that lightly. I don't say that to try to elicit response. It's a declaration of not only desire, but it is a declaration of intention. If God will help me, I want to be apostolic from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I want to walk not only in truth, but I want to walk in conviction. I also want to walk in absolute credence and faith that God can do anything. I'm going to say it again because some of you might have heard it a long time, heard it many years, but you might not allow it to resonate in your spirit. So I'll say it again for your benefit. I want to get to the place where I walk in surety that God can do anything. And so I, I am speaking tonight that I, I desire to be authentic in my conviction as an apostolic, in my doctrine as an apostolic. I hunger to be fully book of Acts, apostolic, in my faith, in my dress, in my preaching, in my action, and equally important, in my world view. I'm going to tell you that I do not believe that this church is going down. You may buy into that negativity. I do not believe that this church is going down. There may be some amongst us that might be departing, but I'm going to tell you if you'll turn your head the other way, you will find there is a greater multitude that is entering in. I'm, I'm here to preach for just a little bit. We're not in bad shape. We're not dying out. 
God has given us the victory. God has given us the anointing. God has given us authority to be apostolic. Why don't you put your hands together for just a second and give God great praise and lift up your voice. Shout unto God if you want the apostolic anointing to rest on you tonight. Amen. And all of these things are true, but I'm going to tell you that they are hanging on a, a balance beam, so to speak. And that is our mind. I not only want to live apostolic, preach apostolic, have faith. I want to think. I'm telling you, when I have thoughts, I want them to be wrapped around apostolic. Faith, truth, reality. Hallelujah. I know many of you have shared this same thing. I've read this book from Genesis to Revelations multiple times. I've never read any part of it that tells me we're losing. We're defeated. All I read in that book is we're winning. We're still winning. I said we're still winning. We've been winning since we've been walking with God. I want to think apostolic. I want to approach every service with an apostolic mindset. I, I don't want to belabor the point, but I want to tell you that I've run into some things in my ministry that that made it very clear to me that there were people with a Pentecostal experience, but they did not have an apostolic conversion. Don't get them confused. There are many people in our world today with Pentecostal experiences, but then there are those of us that are trying to have an apostolic conversion. I remember preaching a revival many, many years ago in, in, in a state, and I won't say it's not really important, and I wouldn't want to deflect and make anybody look bad, but I remember it was in a small church, because back then I probably wasn't even worthy of preaching in a small church, but, but I got the opportunity to go there for a revival, and I went, and I was seeking God, and the first night we started, there was just, there was just the pastor and his family and, and, and another, another another lady and and it, there wasn't very many and I got up and I started preaching but before I did the pastor would come to the pulpit and he would open the service or he would introduce me every night with this quote and he would always say the Lord is able to save by few or by many and that's how he would do it and I and I got a little a little frustrated but I I I you know I'm not there to fix things so I'm just there to preach and I'm praying and trying to preach faith, faith but he's getting up and he always opens the service where the Lord's able to save by few or by many and then I got to got to eating on me something didn't feel right about it and I went and looked it up and it's in Samuel 14 and 6 but it says for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few not by few or by many when we start allowing ourselves to transpose God's word, we're allowing ourselves to rethink faith. 
And when we start rethinking faith, we're going to end up in the land of doubt and unbelief. We start, well, I'll tell you what, we start believing God will do it for somebody else, but he's not going to do it for me. God will do it at your church, but my church isn't big enough. God will do it for you because you've got family that's been in this truth for generations. But here I am, just the first generation apostolic. I want to tell you, we've got to get the way we look at this thing right. we got to get it squared away. He said, I can save by many or by few. Now, here's the issue. The text was being misquoted. But the biggest problem was it was being misapplied. That somehow we can justify small things as being sustained positions. That's not the will of God. Now, I want to qualify something because I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. I started, my wife and I started a church. We know what it's like to sit in a living room with me and her and Seth. And she was expecting Lane. And there was this single mother and her two little boys. And we're having a prayer meeting. And we're trying to get a church started. I know what it's like to have few. But that wasn't what God called me to get. Don't believe the lies from the pits of hell that are trying to sell this apostolic church a bill of unbelief, doubt, and small thinking. Somebody's got to rise up. We don't have to have all the answers. we just got to have a little faith. And say, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I believe it's going to happen, Brother Mayo. I believe God's going to raise up a revival church here. I believe God's going to use me greatly. I believe God's going to hear my prayer. Come on, somebody ought to clap their hands and shout unto God for just a moment. Come on, you ought to let that faith go. You ought to let that faith out. I want to think apostolic. I want to think apostolic. I want to walk into every service going, I wonder what God's going to do tonight. I wonder what miracles we're going to testify about tonight. Our text is the writer of Hebrews referring to Abraham. And he begins to talk about God's covenant promise with Abraham. And he tells him, Abraham was blessing. He was blessed. With blessing, he was blessed. And he was multiplying him. And he multiplied him. And so with multiplying, he would multiply. So that's layers. With blessing, he will bless. And with multiplying, he will multiply. That doesn't sound small to me. With blessing, you know, some people say, God, I, I, I'm confessing something right now. I, I pray, God, bless me. I pray, God, bless this church. When I'm in my church praying at home, I walk through that church every chance I get. I touch every pew. I say, God, I want you to bless the people that sit on this pew. They pay their tithes. 
They show up. They pray. They live holy. We live in an unrighteous, ungodly society. And these people love you. And these are the people of your name. We love you. We love your name. I want you to bless them. I want you to bless their family. I want you to bless their children. I want you to bless their finances. I want you to bless their anointed ministry. I want these people to be blessed. But you know what? I'm coming to another revelation. I'm not going to walk around and say, God, uh, I want you to bless me. I'm going to start praying, God, uh, I want you to put blessing on my blessing. I want you to put blessing on my blessing. God bless my blessing. I'm already blessed. I want blessing on the blessing. Multiplying on the multiplication. He said, this is what I want to do with you, Abraham. Is it all right tonight if I just preach at the pace I need to to convey this? All right. I hope you brought your pad and pencil and paper and eraser. Because we're about to go into apostolic arithmetic 101. All right. This is a class. Now, in Genesis, the word multiply is found 16 times. Everybody say in Genesis. Where do we derive all of our understandings of the beginnings of man, the beginnings of God, beginnings of sin? Everything has a start in Genesis. So when we get to talking about God's plan for His people, we go all the way back to the first place God began to reveal His plans. And God said 16 times in the book of Genesis, by the way, when I'm dealing with you, I'm thinking multiplication. Not addition. Multiplication. This is why he tells Israel, one will put a thousand to flight. Come on, some of you that got your back against the wall right now, you feel like the whole world's against you. You feel like all hell's against you. You feel like everything's against you. You need to rise up and say, it doesn't matter what's against me. God has multiplied me. I can take this. I can get victory in this. I can overcome this. I'm not defeated even if I'm alone. So, if Genesis introduces multiplying, then we have to say that that establishes the rules of primacy, which is the oldest and the first, which is the line we draw all other theology from. Are you with me? Come here, Brother Mayo. I love you so much. Help me out. Brother Mayo is now multiplication. So, he also establishes God's plan, God's will, God's word. Everything God thinks about is people in his promise he says it's going to be about multiplication and so we take the line from him and we take it to where we are now it does not change it's a plumb line hebrews told us something else about him jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever 
This is an ongoing line. This is an ongoing premise. This is an ongoing principle. God has never changed his mind. His basic approach to his people is, I want to blow your mind. I want to do more than you can ask or think. Thank you, Brother Mayo. All right, let's establish another plumb line before you all think that I'm stepping out. Where do we derive our position on who God is? Deuteronomy 6 and 4. If I preached here, O Israel, thank you. And we started shouting at y'all be running, frothing at the mouth. But multiplying precedes. That doesn't mean it's more important. That just tells us God has a rule of primacy for dealing with his people. And it's even older than his revealed identity. So we get the rules of primacy, which means it's the oldest and the first. So when we get to talking about being multiplied and blessings, being blessed, we're not just making this up. This didn't come from charismatic theology of the false doctrine of financial prosperity. This comes from the ancient of days. Who says, I will tell you my will for my people. I want to bless you. I want to multiply you. I want to do more for you than you can imagine. I'm preaching truth. I just want to know, does anybody agree with it? I'm not preaching false doctrine. I'm preaching faith and possibility. Does anybody believe the word? Okay, sit down, listen. This is established. It's an anchor driven into the, into the soil of eternity. And God's making it clear to us. I plan on blessing you more than you can imagine. I'm going to bless your blessings. And whatever is multiplied, I'll multiply that. Why are we shocked when he can take just a few loaves and a couple of fish? Don't you know there were people sitting around those baskets going? But when God gets his hands on you, more is going to come out of you than you ever thought you had. I know the devil told you you're washed up. The devil's still a liar. I know the devil told you it wasn't going to happen. Let me remind you, the devil's still a liar. I said the devil's still a liar. Whose report will you believe? Okay, here we go. It's further establishing God's plan for His church. This is how I want to do business. This is my spiritual, supernatural economy. Let me tell you about God's plan for us. Multiplication. Yes. Multiplication. Multiplication. I want you to put that on everything in your life right now. 
I want us to think about the prayers we prayed today. Multiplied. I want you to think about all of the finances that you've invested. You're faithful in your tithe. And the devil says, you're just losing money. Because he knows it never comes back empty. God blesses your blessings. Brother Nix, we may never live long enough to see all the blessings that come upon us out of faithfulness in our finances. But I am firmly convinced that I'm going to die in the promise of the Lord tarries. But my great-grandchildren... Oh, I wish somebody believed that. My great-grandchildren are going to be living in the blessings uh, that I sowed uh, because my God uh, never forgets anything uh, and He multiplies everything uh, and He blesses every blessing uh, and it's going to come back. Hey, I'm going to tell you, my great-grandfather, I never met him. He was an apostolic preacher. I'm preaching in His blessings right now. I'm living His sacrifices right now. The multiplication always returns. Okay, let's talk about it. Multiplication is expansion. Here we go. Psalms 1. This is how the righteous man is described. I'm waiting on them. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doth shall prosper. Go back to verse 1 because I think they forgot who he's talking about. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That promises to every man, every woman that stands up and says, I'm walking with God. And God says, I'm going to make you like a tree. Planted. By rivers. And what we derive from this. Are you ready for this? Expansion. Trees grow. And grow. And grow. And grow. And things fall off. And other trees grow. He said, I'll bless you with blessing. I'll put blessing in your hands and I'll put blessing on the blessing. And there's going to be a time and day where some of it you can't even handle anymore. It'll fall into the ground and it won't die. It'll come up blessing. A tree planted. All right, let's go. If you don't believe David, let's read Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord 
and whose hope the Lord is. Anybody hear that man? I said, anybody in here, that man, that woman? Go back, you missed me. Go back, we're talking about that man, that person, that human. Blessed is that human that trusts us in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Am I preaching anybody that fits that description tonight? I said, am I preaching any good people out there right now that are trusting in the Lord? Verse, go on the next one. Thank you. And he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green. Even in a drought, I'm growing. Even when the economy goes down, You shall not go back. That was good. I was about to preach it. I'm sorry, Sister Liz. You shouldn't have put my my picture up there over that preacher. She knows what I'm talking about. Can we get it back? Okay, we'll keep moving. Like a tree. Everybody say like a tree. Welcome to a preaching session. I'm going to do some teaching and preaching. Tree planted by the waters. It spreadeth out. Everybody say spread out. Spread out. God doesn't want you stuck. God wants you expanding. God wants you growing. Let me preach to people that are stuck in some emotional trap. You come out of the world and God saves you, but you keep on hanging on to those old things and hanging on those old attitudes and hanging on those old emotions and hanging on those old ways of thinking. I'm telling you, that's not the will of God for your life. He wants to bring you out of sin and then he wants to plant you and then he wants you to just keep growing and just keep growing and just keep growing and your emotions grow and your faith grows and your finances grow and your family grows. You might even want to reach over and touch your neighbor and say, you might want to just give me a little bit of room here because I'm in a growth spurt. (laughs) I'm in a growth spurt. You can't even imagine. I'm growing. I'm spreading. Are you ready for this? But trees are producing and providing. I said, trees are producing and providing. He said, I would that you not be barren, but you be fruitful. God wants you to grow, and God wants you to produce, and God wants you to provide. I said, God wants us to provide. The absolute perfect scriptural capsulation of the expanding, growing, spreading apostolic is found in the book of Acts when two apostles go to pray and meet a lame man at the gate. And he's asking alms and they say, silver and gold, have I none? What I'm preaching right now is not predicated on you having money in your bank account. 
Some of you already wrote yourself off. You're ready to go get a hot dog and a Coke because you're broke. I'm preaching to you. Even if you showed up and you don't have a dime in your pocket. Silver and gold. Have I none? I don't got a buck in my pocket. But what I have. I've got something expanding in me. I've got something growing. I've got blessings that are being blessed. And i got multiplications that's being multiplied. This is getting bigger than anything you've ever seen. Multiplying. I will multiply you. And it's where we get our word multiplication. Are you ready? Now we're going to go to school. That was just the course syllabus. This is the actual meat and potatoes of apostolic arithmetic. I am not a mathematician. Do not come up and ask me hard problems after I'm done preaching. But with a pen and some books, you can find out all kinds of stuff. There was a lot of stuff I found. I thought, I wish I'd have known that in school. That would have helped. Here we go. Multiplying to multiply, become numerous, become great. That's the definition of multiply in Scripture. To multiply, become numerous, become great. I'm not here to pick a fight with anybody. But as I heard somebody say one time, you have a constitutional right to be wrong. I am convinced from the top of my head to the sole of my feet that every apostolic church in the world should be growing. That's me. That's my conviction. So, when I talk about the definition, I even looked at it and thought, wow. So I went and looked at another translation, and this is what they said about the word multiply out of the book of Hebrews. Basically, this is a quote. Basically, this word connotes numerical increase. A number, when it is multiplied, it's called a factor. All right? And the sum total of two factors, two times two equals, thank you, I'm getting scared, because this might not be the right message. (laughs) Two times two is four, it produces something that's called the product. So two factors multiplied together produce a product. Factors or a number or a quantity that when multiplied with another produces a given number or expression. This is the assumption though. I hope I'm not boring you yet because it gets better. This is the assumption that the factors are objects and not subjects. The assumption is that these two factors are just objects. Meaning they have no purpose, they don't have any personality, they don't have any identity. It's just multiplying that inanimate object by that inanimate object. But that's not how it works spiritually. In math, all numbers 
are solid. Four times four equals we're going up. Right? So I'm not even going to go to 16 times 16. I know some of you know it. Be proud. We are dealing here not with objects. We're dealing with subjects. And subjects changes things. Because now the subjects get involved in the equation. So when God says, I want to multiply you, He's not just saying, I want to multiply you three times three. He said, I want to multiply you as in I want you to get involved in this process. I want you to be a player in the equation. I want you to take up a primary position. And when we read our text, the subject, not the object of multiplication, the subject of multiplication is Abraham. Abraham, you are the subject of my multiplication. Because when God multiplies, He doesn't need Brother Holmes and Brother Shoemaker. And it equals Brother Morrison. You wish. You see, (laughs) no, we're not going to pick on Brother Morrison tonight. God doesn't need anything but me and you. So when we get to talking about miracles, we're always looking for the other component in the equation. And God looks at you and says, I don't need anything else. I can multiply you by myself. I can multiply you by you. I can multiply your blessing by the blessing I already gave you. And I can multiply your multiplication by what I've already multiplied you. I need nothing else. You are what I need. Multiplication requires the individual to say, come on, God, bring it out of me. I want the best. I want the anointed. I want the faith. I want the confidence in your ability. Bear with me for a minute. All right. Listen to this. Let's talk about factors for a minute. A factor is a circumstance, a fact or influence that contributes to a result or outcome. Listen to this. I found this. This is really interesting. I don't speak Latin. But in Latin, the word factor means simply doer. So in the English language, that's translated. Factor is translated, get this, actor. Factor is translated as an actor. Which means a person who plays the role in the story. Now suddenly we've gone from being objects to subjects, from subjects to factors, but not just factors, to doers. And not only doers, but now we're actors. Welcome to the stage. Everybody under the sound of my voice right now is on the divine stage of God's creation, God's intention, and God's plan for His church in the last days. I've come to stand toe-to-toe with small thinking, doubt, unbelief, negativity. 
I've come to tell you tonight, God is just getting started with his end time apostolic church. Let's read James 1. Can you give me that one? James 1 and 22. You all know this. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, think Latin, think factor, think actor. Anybody that is not an actor, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. It's a mirror. And the man and the woman that's not engaged in God's equation, that hears the word of multiplication and blessings on blessings and does not engage. It's like a person who learns their lines but won't get up on the stage. You hear the word, but you won't get up there and act it out. You hear God's promises, but you'll never walk in them. I'm preaching to good people right now. You think I'm preaching to preachers and churches. I'm preaching to good people sitting under the sound of my voice right now. Of every age, of every stage, of every walk of life. And I'm here to tell you, we are just now starting to tap into our apostolic potential. Because God can do wonders. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. We won't read it. Acts 2 and 41. Here's multiplication in action. You ready? I'm not going to read. I have more verses to read, but we're moving on. 120. Everybody say 120. That was how many were in the upper room. 120, right? 120 went in the upper room filled with the Holy Ghost. But when the 120 comes out, Peter stands up with the 11 and he preaches a message and 3,000 get saved and baptized. And so we look at that. Are you ready? And we go... 25 times 120 equals 3,000. Got it. I know what God did. God multiplied him 25 times. No, you're missing it. Because God doesn't need 25 to make 120 3,000. When we view the equation outside of an apostolic context... All we get is a mathematical problem with no purpose. But when you view it from an apostolic context, you see that 120 people went into the upper room. They were hungry. They were obedient. They were expecting. They were patient. And they were praying. 120 human beings went into the upper room having questions, having failures, powerless and uncertain. But 120 people in the upper room filled with the Holy Ghost, walked out, empowered, bold, and effective. It wasn't 25 times 120. It was 120 people, 25 times more effective, 25 times more capable, 25 times more anointed. It's not just 3,000. You're seeing the manifestation of apostolic arithmetic. When we get full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith, anything can happen. Let me hurry. All right. Here we go. Israel. What is their biggest issue in taking the land of Canaan? 
I'm preaching to these guys because they're closer than you all, it feels like. The biggest issue in going to the land of Canaan and possessing it is we are in our own sight. We see ourselves as grasshoppers. And so does our enemy. Because we've told our enemy what we look like. We told them, when you look at us, all you got to see is grasshoppers. I'll never forget the story of a man I heard who went to a conference to preach. And he got up there and he was the last preacher of the last night. And everybody had got up and, and all of them had intoned the same desire. We need a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost. And then they'd preach and nothing would happen. And then get up and preach. We need a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost. Nothing happened. Finally, he was so sick of it. He walked to the pulpit the last night, the last service, and he stepped up and he said, I am a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you got to walk up. You got to tell the enemy what you look like. You see me? I'm a prayer warrior. Tongue-talking, howl-running, soul-winning, tithe-paying, apostolic miracle. When I go, God goes. When I pray, God moves. When I give, God blesses. When I believe, God will perform. Woo! Come on, somebody ought to lift up their hand right now. Just praise God for what he's about to do in our midst and what he's going to do in our lives. You ready? Here we go. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting really close to the end. Here we go. Gideon sees nothing more than pitchers, vessels, and horns. And when the, the army gets too big, God says, that's not how I do math. <laughs> you got 120,000? Nope. We need to whittle her down some. Send everybody home that's scared. Okay. Send them home for this. All right. Send. And then Gideon looks around and goes, uh, God, we're not only way outnumbered, we got pictures of sweet tea, lanterns, and trumpets. And you start looking at everything God gives you and you start thinking, hey, no way we're going to win this one. You mean our pastor's talking about building a new building and don't he know that the oil industry's unstable and paper mills shut down and Trump's up for re-election? Don't he know this is not a good time? Let me tell you something. If your pastor says you got a picture, yeah, bring it to church. Hey, you got a lantern? Yeah, bring it to church. Hey, you got a trumpet? Bring it to church. Why? Just bring it and come find out. We're about to have a slaughter. Because you cannot imagine what that many pictures, that many lanterns, and that many horns looks like in the hand of God. When God puts a hand upon his people, they look absolutely invincible. And here is, of all and I already used the analogy, here's or the, the, this text. Here's one of my favorite descriptions of the sack lunch, the fish and the loaves. They come to Jesus and they said, hey, and this is where we are tonight. We keep going to God 
on our knees. And I'm not being critical. I'm just being honest. We keep going, God, we need you to do this. God, we need you to do that. God, they come to Jesus and say, Lord, uh, they, they need food. Uh, we, we got nothing. He looks at him. You know what he says? He says, go find out what you've got. Don't start telling God what he needs to do until you've done all you can do. Come on. You got to give something to work. You got to give God something to work with. You got to get up on the stage and say, God, I don't know the whole play, but I know a couple of lines. If God be for us, who can be against us? Did I get that right? You got it right. You don't have to know everything, but you got to do what you know to do. Apostolics. Here we are at the end of apostolic arithmetic. And this is where I believe many of us are tonight. Jesus goes into the synagogue and he's ministering. And there's a man with a withered hand. And he's been crippled. And everybody knows it. It's not a secret. And Jesus says, stretch out your hand. Well, that seems kind of mean. Because you don't think he'd ever thought about doing that? (laughs) Oh, I didn't know. That's all I had to do? (laughs) No. He's sitting there with a withered limb. And God says, do the one thing you can't do. I want you to do the impossible. Do something you have never done before in your life. I want you to stretch out your withered hand. But I can't. Remember your lines. Oh yes. If God be for me, who can be against me? And the effort into doing the impossible creates the miraculous. And out of the miraculous comes a testimony. But before you'll ever testify, you got to stretch yourself. Atrophied muscles and locked up joints and shortened tendons. and You can believe it how you want to, but I believe it took a little effort on that man's part. You hear me? I believe there was some muscle fiber that had to contract that hadn't really contracted before. I believe there was some locked up joints uh, that were atrophied that he had to kind of fight against them. It's just, it's just what I've got to... This is what I can... It's with blessing that I'll bless you. And it's with multiplying that I will multiply you. And so there's a stretch. And on the other end of the stretch. One crippled hand. Times. The power of God. Equals five functioning fingers. Because God wants to do more for us than we could ever imagine. But not until we do everything we're capable of doing.
The miracle, the miracle is in the effort. It's not in having all the answers. It's not even knowing what's going to happen next. It's just in saying, I believe God wants to do more than this. Uh, This is great. Thank you, God. Please don't ever take me as being ungrateful or unthankful for all you're doing in my church. But I just happen to believe you want to do more. I just happen to believe there's more for me to have. I know there wasn't very many here Sunday morning, but I just happen to believe that there's a bigger church in Hot Springs, Arkansas than what I'm pastoring right now. God somehow helped me to stretch, to stretch, because if I can get stretched out, you can bless what's been blessed and you can multiply what's been multiplied. I'm talking to good people in this building right now. You are sick in your body and you keep waiting on somebody to call you out and call you down and name your disease and lay their hands on you. What if I just told you tonight all you needed to do was just stretch out a withered hand? What if I just told you while I was preaching, while the word of God was going forth, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can Stretch out your hand. You can stretch out your physical need. You can stretch out your backslidden saint. Your backslidden child. You can stretch it out. And there's a miracle. There's a miracle. There's a miracle. I've testified about this all over, everywhere. If you've heard it, shout again. Because they keep coming. Last October I was in prayer in our church. This is working for us. I'm not telling anybody it's a sovereign doctrine. But I'm going to tell you God's doing it. Spoke. To, I was praying and God spoke to me and said, Tell your people that have been paying tithes faithfully, coming to church, giving. If they get unexpected bills, situations they were not prepared for. He said, tell them to bring those bills and those letters to the church and put them on the altar. We already had one lady forgiven of $720,000 in medical bills. That's just one. Everybody looks and says, "Woo, that's great. Yeah, but not everybody owes $720,000 in medical bills. But I'm going to tell you what a teacher just texted me this week. I showed it to my wife. She said, Pastor, my husband and I have been taking our, our loan. Are you ready for this? The loans that we owed... We took out school loans to get our teaching. She did to get her teaching credentials. This precious lady. I mean, I won't even go into all the details. I'm telling you, she is a miracle. She makes every one of us. When you, if you knew her story, you would have no reason. I'd have no reason to ever complain about anything. And she's faithful. And God gave her a husband. Loves the truth. Loves God. Loves her. She has this, these financial bills. I believe sixty-seven hundred dollars in bills. The government up until a while ago was forgiving bills of teachers if they were working, but they stopped the program. She said, we started bringing our letters. My husband's got school debt. I started bringing my school debt and I started praying, God, my pastor said to bring these bills to the church. She said, I just want to tell you, even though the government's not forgiving these, they forgave mine. What miracle are you sitting on right now that you just don't think God is interested in? But God wants to 
show you, multiplying, I will multiply you, and blessings, I will bless you. I got a text today going in the church to pray. It was so long, I almost didn't read it. I was like, oh man, it's, a, it's not a text, it's an essay. But it was full of information I needed. You know, we all do it. So I read it, I sat there. Pastor, you know, I've been going through this lawsuit. He's been going through a lawsuit. Got injured in an accident, car accident. Can't get this thing settled. Two years. Two years. He said, you know, I've been going. He said, they finally have settled. He said, my attorney told me the first of the settlement's coming. But he said, we owe $3,500 for medical bills. And he said, I remembered I got a letter from the hospital that said, well, I don't even know why I feel like telling this tonight. I just feel like telling this tonight. He said, I got a letter that said I owe $3,500. And, and then, and then, so he said, I called to find out because it seemed like to me, I'm thinking that that was forgiven. He said, I called and, and they, I said, Hey, I've got this bill. I need to pay it. They said, they looked it up and they said, you know, somebody paid that off. He said, who? They said, we don't know. It doesn't show. He said, well, I need to know who paid that off because I've got this settlement and, and I've got to pay it off. The hospital calls him back the next day and says, hey, we found out who paid it off. He said, who? They said, we did. He called his attorney and said, don't send the hospital $3,500. The bill's been paid in full. Come on, I'm preaching to good people right now. God wants to show himself mighty on behalf of this apostolic church in 2019 who's got the faithfulness stretched. I'm done. But I have some closing instructions. You can stand. That's how done I am. I want you to take your hand, either hand. I want you to hold it up. I want you to put it on your head. And I want you to pray with me right now. God, help us to release apostolic thinking and the apostolic movement. Pastor, you haven't had your biggest revival yet. I know you had 120 a couple of years ago. It ain't your biggest one. Saying to God, I know you've had some blessings and some breakthroughs, but it seems like you're down in the valley right now and you kind of think that's your destiny. And I'm telling you, no, that's just your school of learning and education. You're going to come out of that. God's got more on the other side with blessings. He's going to bless you. Him of multiplying, he's going to multiply you. You listen to this preacher tonight. I may not know a lot, but I know when I've heard from God uh, and I'm here to preach to this congregation right now that God wants to lose apostolic faith uh, in this meeting tonight. Uh, and God wants to begin to release you to believe for great things. God, I do not know how, but I'm going to stretch. Come on, you need to stretch your faith. You need to remove some words from your vocabulary.
We sing a song. I'm not against it. It's blessed me. Little as much when God is in it. Right? Little as much as in God. I don't ever want to sing that song again. <laughs> because God doesn't have little. He's got seeds. But He don't have little. You need to look what's in your life right now. and You don't need to see that as little. You need to say, that's the beginning. This is the start. Look. You need to look real careful. Come here. Look, look, look. Look at that seed. Look at that. You better look at this real quick while you can. Because in just a few months, you're not going to believe how big this thing's going to get. Because I'm about to put it in the soil of faith. And I'm about to stop looking at things as little and small. No, you're not in a little church. It's the beginning. No, you're not stuck in anything. It's just something you've got to stretch out of. Here's what I want us to do. I believe there are no people on the face of the earth as anointed as one God, Jesus' name, holiness people. There is an anointing that flows down how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil that runs down his hair and his head to his beard, even to his garments. And it wasn't just talking about somebody that said, even Aaron. No, we're talking about the high priest. That anointing. High priest anointing. That anointing is in here. It's in this building right now and it's in every one of you. The only way it's manifested is it has to be for the edification and for the building up of the church. We are not anointed to take authority. We are anointed to be a blessing. I'm not taking anything away from laying on of hands. I'm absolutely convinced it is apostolic and it is what the scripture teaches. But I'm going to tell you right now, you need to look to your right and your left. And you need to look at those people. Whether you know them or not, you need to look at them and you need to realize my miracle is in their hands right there. And all I need... It's for my brother to lay his hand upon me. Take me by the hand. Put his hand on my shoulder, whatever's appropriate. I want you to reach over and lay your hand on the person next to you. We're going to pray some more. But this is how we're going to start. Because the anointing is going to flow. Sister to sister, brother to brother. You do what's appropriate. I want you to lay your hands on them. I want you to lift up your voice. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to say, God, release apostolic arithmetic in this sanctuary right now. Release miracle signs and wonders. Release miracle signs and wonders. Release miracle signs and wonders. Release healing. Release the gift of Come on, pray right now.
you feel a movement in the spirit, come on, God, put somebody in your spirit to pray with. You need to pray with them. If God pulling on you right now, you need to get out of your seat and come and stand in this altar and lift up your hands and say, God, with blessing, bless me and with multiplying, multiplying me. tonight that's battling disease in your body you need to get out of your seat and make your way down to the front God's going to perform miracles tonight come on I don't care what the doctor's report is I don't care you need to come and just lift up your hands you need to come and stand in the presence of God maybe that loved one that you know that's battling disease isn't here but I'm going to tell you if you'll come stand in their place God will hear your prayer and God will move right now I'm, I'm preaching to people we got to stretch ourselves come on mom and dad that backslidden child of yours you don't need to sit there you need to stretch yourself come down to this altar throw your hands in the air and begin to believe for a miracle